Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is the Changing Man Podcast, episode four. Steven joins me again today, and we'll be discussing parenting, tactics our parents may have used, and did it work on us? And, uh, you know, maybe what, what would we do different in the same scenario? I'm talking about spoiling versus providing, enabling versus, or nurturing versus enabling. A uh, multitude of topics regarding that. Uh, and hopefully get to talk about this Dr. Phil clip we have, with this very entitled teenager. Steven joins me again today. Uh, Steven, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me back. Oh, of course, man. Of course, of course. Have you had a... Uh, have you had a good weekend this weekend yet? Did you have a tough work week going into this weekend, or did you uh, manage it out okay? Uh, the work week was kind of difficult, actually. Um, we had some email phishing attempts at our job. It's been going on for the past couple weeks, and it's kind of been picking up. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty stressful week just trying to uh, mitigate that situation. Lots of um, princes from like Zimbabwe trying to give get people to give money type of phishing scams, or no, it's more so about? like. Uh, they look like company-wide emails and they have a link in there and these people click on it and they enter in their information like an idiot. You know, it's like basic IT security 101. You know, you don't see any, you, you don't recognize the email. You don't need to click on it further. And, but we have a lot of senior citizens who work for our city. So we are just going through all that right now. So, yeah. So, so you're helping mitigate a bunch of, so it's so it it sends you an email under the guise of it looking like a company email, and it's just like a virus that grabs all the information. Is that basically what it is? I'm sorry, I just don't. I'm not really familiar. It it redirects you. You you click on the link and it redirects you to a um, a website that looks legit, and users will enter in their credentials, and then they will use their credentials to come back to our network and pose as the person that clicked on the link. Um, so not necessarily a virus. But it is another uh, security threat. Um, it's, it's like a phishing. means of hacking. Yeah, basically. Well, I had to. Uh, I mean, you know that I work these graveyard shifts, and uh, I'm always just trying to fill time. And I feel like I do this every, like you know, quarter or every three months or something. I always end up building myself like a brand new budget that I'm all, you know, of course, with the grand idea that I'm going to follow it a hundred percent. Do you uh do you sit down and you know rewrite budgets for yourself and just like planning for the future financially stuff like that? I do budget, but I don't necessarily rewrite my budget all the time. I so at the beginning of the year I start out with a set budget for myself. Um, I look at my salary, I look at my expenses um, for after I pay my bills and even for entertainment, and then that money is what I try not to spend. So I do budget after all the bills and personal expenses are made and I try to go from there. And if I'm, and you, I'm in most cases, I'm pretty good with sticking to that. And if I don't spend that money, that's just a surplus that gets rolled over into the next budget. So if I say I have a $500 um, budget after everything is paid for and things I want to do, and let's say I spend about a hundred bucks of that, that's cool. So that's to me, that's $400 plus that I can roll over into the next um, $500 budget I set aside. And again, if I don't spend that much money the following month, then it just keeps rolling over. And that's kind of how I save money. Well, I mean, when, you know, when you, when you, every time I get into the topic of like saving money and everything, my, my purpose is like, I feel like these days, uh, for saving money or even having these budgets or following these or 
being responsible at all for, for, for that stuff really is that I find like that my reasoning now is that, uh, I'm looking more towards that, you know, what if I want to have kids realm of things, um, you know, or, or starting that family. And I know, you know, do you do that? Do you, do you think of it like that? Or do you still kind of view it as like, you know, I need to get this, get this for me type of right now. I mean, it, cause it still is right. Yeah. So when I budget, I, um, I don't think about kids or the future because I don't have any kids right now. I only budget because I just want to be able to just save my money. And let's say that there's something that I want to do down the road, like travel or there's a major expense coming up. Um, that is why I budget. I don't budget with family in the background of my in the back of my mind. That being said, though, in the future, if I were to have a family, I've already established some good saving principles already so that if I do need to save for a family, I can just kind of just continue on what I was doing, how I was saving before, but just save a little more. So, no, I don't think about family or anything like that. But like I said, if, if a family does come about, um, I would be prepared and it won't be a shock to the system. And, oh, I got to start saving money and all this other stuff. Well, the re- I guess why I might be a little bit paranoid about it is because have you ever have you ever like really looked back and thought about the financial situation your parents were in when you were born? Yes, I did um, on many occasions, especially when I got a little older and it was just my mom in the picture. Um, so when I grew up, um, my mom worked at a clothing store and my dad was a corrections officer. So we were definitely lower middle income class family or from the time that I was born up until the time I was about 12, my family got divorced. Um, and I definitely, and even at that time, um, you know, I didn't really think about money, but I did know that we couldn't always have the things that we wanted, um, in that aspect. And as as I got older and when my fam- my uh, parents had separated, my mom became the sole breadwinner. She went to school. She worked a little bit in IT and then she stopped that and she got into the group home business um, and she was making a lot of money. And I saw a lot of my mom's spending habits change. Um, so I was definitely um, aware, way more aware around 14 to the time I was with her probably around like 2021 ish. I know, but when I, when I was, when I asked this question though, I, I, I'm more, do you think it's more, do you think they thought about it at all financially? You know what? Cause you know, I know some of us are accidents and everything like that. Not many, you know, it wasn't all planned or whatever, but you know, is it, it I just feel like I, I obsess over thinking about like planning for the future and stuff because it, it when you were talking about your upbringing with, coming up and seeing your, your mom kind of grow this appreciation of money and you kind of, and you were always, and you were taught well, obviously that, you know, sometimes you can't have everything in life, uh, right away, which is wise of her to do. But, um, it kind of does, it just reminds me of the upbringing really, because I feel like if your child has to see you stress about something, uh, that's kind of, it, like especially something like like money where it's really kind of you know I I just feel like there's and it's simple advice I'm aware to just have money before you have kids but I, I kind of wonder how that 
makes a change in the upbringing a little bit. I think it, I think it, it does, it does impact it in your upbringing. Um, I know that my family did not budget or plan for kids. It just happened. Um, but also though, I think back then you can get away with it a little bit because the price of living wasn't as expensive as it is now. Um, the requirements to raise a child, I don't think is it was as much back then as it is now. Um, so I definitely think that, you know, the, the conversation of budgeting for a family uh, was non-existent, especially in my household. Now, when you talk about discussion of money within family and how it can affect the child, yeah, it. And you mentioned that I have, like, I, I save well, I budget well, um, and that was because I saw the low moments in the family. You know, I saw that when bills were getting tighter, I saw that you know we couldn't have Christmases uh, like we used to when both my parents were working. Um, that also kind of instilled in my mind that when I get older, I'm always going to like save. I'm always going to like be on top of my money and never live without my means and, um, develop bad spending habits. So that's kind of like on that other end of it, um, how I kind of had a good, um, good budgeting, um, history. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you gotta be, gotta get instilled to uh, be smart with your money, even, even directly or indirectly. I would, I guess it's there. I, I didn't ever pick that one up. <laughs> I've always had to learn how to be pretty, uh, to be better with my money, but dang, man, you seem to pick it up right away. Did your, uh, did, did you, did you get, did you get grounded or did you get, did you get smacked? Um, I got smacked more so than grounded. And when I say smacked, you'd be lucky in my household if it was just a smack. Um, now I'm talking from a purely disciplinary method, not a, uh, I don't, if there's like an abusive household thing here, I don't, you know, I'm not speaking on that. Well, well, yeah. So my family, um, were immigrants and, you know, they came from Africa and how they were raised, um, was very harsh, very tough, very corporal punishment, you know, uh, by the book, uh, spare the rod. Um, and being born in America and still having African parents, um, some of those, those, those disciplinary principles to a certain extent were also applied to me. And of course, in today's America, you cannot do those things anymore. Cannot. You, think you can't, you think you can't do them anymore or, or you just think you can't talk about it? I, I like, I don't know which one it really is. Um, I'm always speaking from my personal experience again, and some of the disciplinary things specifically from my father were borderline, if not abusive. Okay. Mm. Um, there was a clear cut standard from the get go. The moment I started having, you know, cognizant memories and stuff like that, and I could start thinking for myself and all, you know, it, as you start developing your brain as a child, you clearly knew that father in my household was the beginning and the stopping point. Um, and judge, yeah, jury, and executioner. Judge, judge, jury, and executioner. And my mom was sprinkling every now and then as judge, jury, and executioner as well. 
Um, my mom, not as heavy handed as my father, but my father uh, growing up, very heavy handed, you know. Um, and yeah, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned abuse and, you know, but that's, that was the reality of it. And maybe I shouldn't couch it too much, but when I look back, yes, it was. Um, some of the things he did to my brother, me, um, was, you, you know, it was tough love. I don't know. You know, you didn't know, you didn't know what the standard of discipline is as a child. How do you know? You don't know better. You know, you only know what your parents, um, you only know your environment that you're put in. You know, you don't know any other type of household. You don't know how other kids are being raised. You're a child yourself, you know? So looking back, yes, there was very, there was some elements of, of abuse. Um, but that being said though, mm -hmm. um, even though some of the disciplinary things were borderline abuse or abuse, I will say that to a certain extent, it did kind of help shape me shape the man that I am today. Um, did you feel, same, I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you, you had the, you, we, you covered a lot just then. And some of the stuff, you know, you were, you were speaking that it was more than likely abuse now. And you said that as you kind of remembered things, you said that there was a clear line between, so you could tell growing up with the line between where it was disciplinary and before it be just became abusive? No, I did not. At, at, at that early age, I, I did not know um, that this was abuse. I knew that some disciplines were more extreme than others and it felt weird. Um, you know, I remember one, I remember one moment not to get dark, but we kind of got to go right. there. I remember as a kid, um, you know, my dad, you know, slapped me up pretty good and I had a swollen lip, you know, and I just, you know, mm -hmm. went to school with a swollen lip and, you know, didn't think, didn't think anything of it just kind of felt like, you know, I just, I was like, school was like my safe haven, <laughs> so to say. And then right. I, um, right. I come back home and mom comes home and sees me and she like loses it on my dad. And that is, I think that is probably the determining point where I was like, oh, wow. So this is not acceptable because even though my mom, my dad was getting away with a lot of things, this was the one that kind of got my mom over the edge. So even yeah. in her mind, she knew that that was abuse. And then based on her reaction, I was able to interpret abuse for myself. Not that anybody explained it to me, but I was able to see it from her reaction. Like, okay, you I can, guess you, you could know. see that there was definitely something not right with that scenario. Exactly. Wow. I mean, so okay, so I, as a as a child, I was I was definitely spanked. Um, I was definitely even I was definitely grounded though too. And uh, when, when disciplinary methods is as far as the physical, I think I think there is like a discernible line. It's like you said, you kind of you kind of find out where it is. And and there's other kinds of abuse for for children that like neglect and and everything else. And um, my family, I guess, is is a weird, weird road. I guess uh, my my mom has been, you know, married and divorced a couple times, and uh, so I mean, it was always just. It's kind of like similar to yours. It was always for a greater part of your life. It it was kind of you and her, and so it was me and her for a little bit, and uh, well, for a lot of bit. And, um, the disciplinary tactics, you know, early on as a child, I mean, they were definitely, uh, a little, you know, on the, along the lines of spankings and, you know, certain stepfathers, 
uh, would take a more physical role, but I always felt like it was just a place of discipline. Um, as I got older though, and the living situation got a little more hectic and not as static and we were kind of moving around everywhere, moving around the, the Richmond area. Um, and I went to, you know, three different schools and everything. The discipline really just kind of fell off. Like as long as I wasn't doing anything bad, I didn't really see anything, but there was also very little involvement. And, yeah. uh, it's hard. So, I mean, it's hard when the parents are present, but they're not present. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so it, so the disciplinary methods I kind of got were very bland and vague, you know, just kind of, you know, if the grades aren't good and, but you know, even if they weren't, I mean, nothing really happened. <laughs> so it's just kind of, I don't, I don't really know what kind of happened now that I think about it and look back on it. I, I definitely, probably did lack a lot of discipline. I will say um, when my parents got divorced when I was 12, the the year and a half prior to um, them getting divorced, the discipline had died down. Uh, the severity of disciplines had died down. And I'm thinking right. that had more to attribute to my dad checking out um, of the marriage. And then when it was just me, my mom, my older brother, my younger sister, the disciplines, like you said, they were more they were way more watered down. Um, you know, it was more so of just, you know, keep your grades and, and you know, be good in school. Don't let me, you know, pick you up from jail or anything like that. You know, be responsible. Right. Out. right. You know, so my mom kind of put the onus on us because we're getting older to be responsible. And, um, let you know, she didn't just, she didn't want to get in. She her getting involved was like extreme in her mind. You know what I'm saying? So she always put it right. back on us to, to be responsible and, and conduct ourselves accordingly um, when she's not around. Um, but yeah, the disciplines definitely died down. They were watered down. They weren't really, I, honestly, I don't think I've, I've never gotten grounded since, um, since the divorce, you know, um, my mom has slapped me beside the head a couple of times, but that was self-inflicted because I was a knuckle, I was a, truly a knucklehead in, in those moments. So, and those weren't anything abuse, but you know, my mom had to, you know, get her message felt rightfully so. Rightfully yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Sometimes she, it sometimes, you know, I, I definitely am not, uh, gonna, gonna fight for corporal punishment, but I, I can't exactly say that I'm fighting against it either. Uh, maybe I'm being a fence walker on it. I think, it, it, you, you do have to be a fence worker on it, you know, because I do believe in corporal punishment, but at the same time, there's a fine line, you know, um, and you just don't want to, to cross that line in terms of it getting abusive or it becoming a pattern, you know, um, but sometimes I think corporal punishment every now and then in small dosages um, can be effective, you know, but of course not to the level of abuse and, you know, putting marks on your child and, you know, making them feel terrified of you, you know, when you're, I do believe that if you're going to employ a corporal punishment, you know, and, and here's, here's another thing too. So after when my mom would do allow corporal punishment, we would have a talk for about an hour and a half afterwards. Yeah. You know, explaining oh, yeah. why, why she did it, how my actions hurt her, what she expected out of me. So it wasn't just a beating and go to my room. It was a beating and then a talk afterwards. A long talk. My mom is the most long-winded person in the world. Yeah. I mean, if she was in <laughs> politics, 
she if she was in politics, she could filibuster better than no other, you know. Um, so though so that's the thing too. So even with corporal punishment, there has to be a clear message you're getting out to your child as well as to why this level of punishment needed to be handed to you. You know, right. um, some, sometimes the child does spill some milk or break a glass. You can't just beat your child and tell them to, to go go off somewhere. You know, no. Right. You know, you do a light spanking or, you know, a grounded punishment, but then also explain to them, no, you cannot do this. You know what I'm saying? This is our home. You have to respect, you know, um, the property in this house. Uh, or if they right. act up in school, you know, no, you have to respect your teachers. You have to respect your other classmates. You know what I'm saying? You cannot do this. Don't let this happen again. So there always has to be a message after discipline, regardless of the of the type of discipline it is. And I feel like that can resonate more um, in a child growing up um, as opposed to just not having a message at all and just getting angry with your child and beating them or discipline plin- or disciplining them, you know. Do you think do you think parents today have have the ability to do that differently? Do you do you think any parents are still doing this? Maybe this the, the families that had a good home base to fan a two parent structure for themselves growing up possibly. Um, because I, you know, I've got friends that have kids and I know, and I'm sure you've got some friends that have kids and you know, it, when you kind of, when you watch the tactics employed by them and you kind of related to your own experiences, which I know is not always the healthiest method, but I mean, you know, when you can kind of, do, do you, do you think that our generation is equipped right now? Do you think that you think we're, going to be successful in the in in parenting the next generation that's like a million dollar question and honestly i don't know all like all i'm concerned about when i think about that is when i have children what kind of father and what kind of home environment and i am i going to bring i really it's really hard for me to gauge the pulse on the current parenting of parent millennials right Right, um, right. I just know, like, like I explained from my upbringing, of course, I am not going to apply any of the tactics that they used on me, but certain elements in terms of home structure and, you know, getting that respect from your children and knowing, you know, to respect your, your parents, um, that will be hit hard for me uh, when I start a family, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know how Joe Blow and Becky were raised You know, I don't don't know how they I don't know what their parent their parenting situation was when they grew up. You know, did they have any values where they where their parents kind of loosey goosey with them? Therefore, they're going to be loosey goosey with their children. So I think that I don't think it's a generation a generation thing. But like, is our generation going to be more equipped? No, I think it's just an involvement thing, a responsibility thing to me, you know, Right. You can only you can only get out what you put in. You Absolutely. know, are you going to put the effort in to making sure that your children are walking the ne- the straight and narrow path? Are you going to put the time and the work to make sure that they're doing what they need to do in school and that they can grow up to be productive citizens? You know, it takes work to raise a family. It is not, you know, you know, when moms say, no, being a mom is a full time job. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. You know, but then you have people who will claim that title and they're not really doing any work. Right. So, I mean, I guess, I guess we, um, I asked you that to ask you this, you know, what do you, what type of environment do you plan to have? Like, you know, I know you said you don't really think about it, 
And but I mean, you said you don't want to employ any of the tactics your family use, but just certain elements. Yes. So I mean, so what? So what? So what would you do differently? I guess is uh, what like you know, for me, I plan on just trying to. I, I don't want to use any type of corporal punishment at all. Really, I think. I think that any any effect or any problem or any cause can be prevented. Uh, and sometimes they can't, you know, things like babies and stuff like that, where if they're screaming or if they, they, they can't, they can't communicate why they feel that way. And obviously I would never hit a baby. I mean, that's ridiculous, but you know, if I feel like if you instill, if you instill your behavior into the child, if you lead by example from the get go, that you will have much less behavior problems to where they need to be solved or, or just the feel the need for corporal punishment. What do you, what, what do you think on that? No, I agree 100 percent. And let me be clear, you know, when I say certain tactics, I mean the structure of the household in terms of making sure that I was on the straight and narrow, making sure that I needed what I needed to do in the classroom, making sure that uh, I was held to responsibilities in the house in terms of doing my chores, Um, you know, like cleaning uh, dishes, taking out the trash, you know, cutting the grass. You know what I'm saying? I was... Mm -hmm. The household is very structured. When I say certain elements, I mean the structure, you know, and that, yes, of course, there will be discipline. My house will not be absent of discipline, but that doesn't, discipline doesn't equate to corporal punishment or physically putting your hands on the children, you know? Um, mm, exactly. That, so, that, that's where I'm at. So those are some of the elements that I think that I would take as well. And there's some other little things, too, that necessarily weren't uh, disciplinary related, but just elements that I did not want to bring into my household, you know? Right. Um, you know, my, my dad was a very stern fellow. Uh, he never really showed much emotions. Um, there was very rare times where my dad was engaging with me as a child. Um, mm. So those are certain things that I won't do, you know? Um, and also, um, I would want my partner to hold me accountable. You know, I felt at times that um, my mom did not hold my dad accountable for certain things when they were together. And that some of the emotional neglect that he was doing, um, some of the disciplinary methods he was doing, um, my mom did not um, step in enough. And I say that, but also understanding that both my parents are immigrants and that their upbringing was different. So again, I can't say that I had American parents and they and they knew better than um, my immigrant parents, but you know, it was just a different um, upbringing for them. Therefore it translated, some of it translated um, into our household as a kid. So yeah, so there are definitely certain things that I would not incorporate into my family in the future, but definitely there were some good life principles in terms of structure, keeping us on a narrow and straight, um, that I appreciated. Well, and I think, and I think every parent would probably say that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it's going to be probably the mix of the two cultures and kind of sets of values and everything else that when it comes time for you to be a father, I mean, you'll, you'll kind of know how to employ that. And that's, you know, and I think that's what everybody kind of gains through life, really. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know everybody's upbringing, but I know that through life, you kind of 
not just going directly opposite of what your parents did. You, I think you, as you get older, you can truly start to appreciate the lessons that they've given you. And I know that that's like a really hard thing to realize when you're younger. And sometimes you look back on it and you can truly accept it for how messed up it might have been too, you know, for how jacked up it could have been. And even, even in doing that, you can still learn from it and make it better and do what you need to do for whether your future family or just for yourself, you know? And I think that's how you can form a lot of the behaviors you do. I I agree a thousand percent. Um, You know, no matter how crazy your household structure was, how chaotic, how toxic, if you're able to make it out of that and be somewhat of a productive citizen and a successful person for yourself, and then you have a family, um, you know better now. You do. You absolutely know better now. And I hate the fact sometimes of when, you know, for instance, you know, your, your, your father was a drunk, therefore you're a drunk now. You know, oh, my dad was abusive, therefore I'm abusive now. You know, that excuse, I hate that excuse because at the end of the day, you are a grown up and you definitely know right from wrong. Right. Um, and you can make the change. I hate, I always hated that excuse because this was in my family. I'm going to, I'm this, I'm this way. No, but you chose to be like your family. Everything was a choice to be like your family. Some of and when you things- have your own family, go ahead. Uh, sorry about that. Some some of those things are are kind of determined, though, and uh, I, I mean that I mean that in the sense of alcoholism can be. And this is my. I don't want to get too crazy into this, but you know, alcoholism is can be genetic, and uh, and also if you're raised in that environment of a drunk father for the first eighteen years of your life, I mean that's irreversible causal damage to your development that is going to definitely predispose you in some way. What the hell? What the heck? I got my smoke alarm is going off. Oh no, that's not good. All right, give me, give me, give me a second. I'll be right back. Just leave it going. So, while well, Embry takes care of something, um, yeah, I mean, I just I understand that. It's still going off. I understand that, um, you know, yes, alcoholism can be hereditary and your home structure, if it was really bad um, for many, many years, can affect you. I just think that for the ones who made it out and who've made a good turnaround in their life and have separated themselves from that toxic environment that they had growing up, I truly believe that that person knows better. You know, if the person that was having the person that had the toxic, the toxic home environment and uh, wow, okay. they can't, Hey, so I, I, was, I was kind of, or fire alarm, like a fire, like a fire alarm test throughout the house. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, before you came back, I was kind of going off on a soliloquy, just just trying to keep it going with my my other thoughts. Um, and then you came right back. So, um, right. bring me up, bring me up, to, <laughs> bring me up to speed here. Then I'm sorry no, about that. So, so what I was basically 
speaking to the viewers about or the listeners about is um, I was, yes, I understand the point about the alcoholism and the hereditary, um, you know, portion of it and it can trickle down. But I'm, I was more so talking about the people that that's, that's, that's made it out from their toxic environment and have made a decent life for themselves that they know better. If you made it that far, you definitely know better. I'm not talking about the guy who, or the woman who had an abusive or toxic home environment. And then they just happen to have kids along the way, you know, because they're clearly. I mean, I think there's definitely an argument for being predisposed to that. And you could say that the people that make it out are predisposed to making it out too. I think there's a, you know, I think I, I, it's one of those things for me that's a little. I I I do believe that there's everything is kind of meant to be the way it is, and uh, you know I, I I think I think choice, like I said, without getting too crazy into it, I just think choice is uh, just kind of an illusion. I think free will is not necessarily a, a full thing, but that's totally a, to a philosophical point. I I, I, think, I disagree. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's definitely um it's something I definitely struggled with initially um but in becoming and becoming kind of uh and becoming a Christian uh I've just kind of turned over a lot of my a lot of my free will and and that's just how I that's that's my faith. That's how that's how I submit right there. Um which I ho- also hope to instill in my kids too. Um I definitely want to make sure I'm bringing faith into my household. But uh, when I, but I, I think there's, I think there is something to be said. Not you know maybe not necessarily about alcoholism and genetics, but I think if you're I think if you're subjected to a ton of of, of effects or you know at things that would cause you to have a harder time in life, I think those are there to happen. You know, there's not a lot of choices you can make in those first eighteen years of life to get yourself out of that. I understand. I do. I mean, I just, to me, it just goes back and I've never been in that. Well, no, because I I do know better. You know, I do know that looking back, what my father was doing was wrong um, in a lot of ways, you know, and shame on me if I happen to to fall back into those um, similar trends and patterns that he was doing. Shame on me because I knew what it felt like as a child um, what he put me through, you know? Um, and I would never want to inflict that kind of pain on my own child. You know, I don't want my child to feel scared to come home because of me, but I mean, that's, but I'm different though. I guess that's just, that's just my way of thinking. I don't think that, I don't think that's, I don't think that's different at all. I think a lot of people would want to raise their kids that way. I'm, I'm looking forward to all that, that corny dad stuff, man. I'm about to be, I'm about to coach little league and all that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I think about that all the time, man. So it's surprise. It surprises me that, um, I don't want to say it's on the back burner for you, but it's not at the forefront. And for me, I feel like it, it's something I always have to, it's always at the forefront of my mind is having that family. No, I mean, it, it's always on the back of my mind, but at the same time, I mean, I'm also like waiting. Yes, I do look forward to that moment. Like that's the next chapter in my life eventually. And I know that'll happen, you know, down the road. Um, but I'm also still working on myself. I'm still working on my career. I'm still, you know, because I want to make sure that by the time I have a family that I'm, you know, I have all my ducks in a row, you know, but no, I definitely, I'm with you though. I definitely, you know, 
going to be that father at, you know, basketball camp and, you know, being like LeVar Ball 2.0, basically, you know, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, the, the big no. baller brand 2.0. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> def- definitely something I'm looking forward to as well, I just, but it's not I just, in the. I just want to make sure my kids don't end up spoiled. I want to make sure I have the, the money and security to have them, obviously, first of all. And I just want to make sure that they're not spoiled. Uh, and there's obviously a tight line to walk there sometimes, but I mean, that's, and that's why, that's why I like, yeah, you, you know, that's why you got to have the, the, the newer styles of, of parenting and disciplinary methods too, because if they know that they have the, the freedoms and the means to get their way, you got to remind them that it's basically you that's making that possible. Right. And I mean, <laughs> that is one thing that I would have to be more cognizant about when I have kids and, you know, they're able to talk and start asking for things. And a part of me is going to be like, well, I didn't have this as a kid, so I'm definitely going to make sure he has this. Right. And right. Exactly. But then you don't want to get caught up in. And I hope I'm able to check myself as like, hold on, let me not let me not get this. I know he asked for it. I know I can get it right now, but I shouldn't I shouldn't do it, you know, because everything he's going to ask for, I'm going to want to do it because you want to, you want to be a good dad. You want to be the cool dad. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, <laughs> you want to you be able to just get things for your kid because you know, you had it harder growing up. But that's, a, but that's the thing, you know, when you think as adults though, too, and how we've agreed that we can look back. I mean, you can look back on your childhood and go, man, you know, I wish I had gotten that. But if you did get that, would that have made a, a that big of a difference to your happiness growing up, you know, the, the material things anyway. Yeah. The material things would have made me happy for like a little bit of time, not like it's, it's a pass. It's like a small pacifier basically. Um, because right. then the, the child is going to want something else and something else and something else, you know, you got your child yep. eight out of the, you got your child eight out of the last ten things they asked for, but the last two they didn't get. They're like so upset, they're so angry because they didn't get the last two things, but they for, quickly forgot of all the other eight things that you got them. So kids are like that. Growing up, I was like that. You know, I got one thing, I got this, and then you know a new a new model comes out, a new th- oh I want that one, and you forgot about all the other toys, all the gifts that you got. Because yeah. <laughs> kids are just <laughs> they're short. Their 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 memory span is short. It's it's blowing my mind to walk around and and I've, I've complained about this like for the last five years and I sound like an old man about it, but it is so strange to me to see like 15, you know, people, 50, kids 15 and younger walking around with cell phones and stuff. It still kind of like blows my mind. I'm like, what do you really need that for? Um, I get I get what you're saying. But the times have changed, man. It's just, it, it's just, it is what it is. And also, too, the way that you know kids get abducted and kids go missing, just to have that constant line of communication with your child, no matter where they are, I understand. Now, I get it if the child is like five, six years old with a phone, dude. Really, you know. I mean, I, I, all right. So t- I, I see the benefits of, of the kids having the phone, but I mean, there's also been some notable things that have been said about the development of kids and being exposed to social media and their phones all the time. Like already there's already, you know, people doing the researches on that that said that can uh, spike your anxiety and 
and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's like to, to your earlier point, I think it's just kind of you, you give them everything all at once and they've got nothing to appreciate at the end. And then, you know, it just gets harder to do discipline and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think as in today's having having a child in today's world, um, again, it's it's going to rely depend on the work that the family is going to put in. Are we going to put filters and roadblocks? Hey, no phones, no tablets until this certain age. You know, they can only or be in a controlled environment where we're going to like they have these technologies for now. But we're going to make sure that they get to, you know, go to the library, read books and get to go outside and play. like, you know, it it's, it's going to take a total team effort. Um, to right. raise the child right. with your partner on how you want your kids to grow up again. So I'm you gonna... can go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, so like, yeah, you can say that kids in the phones and it, it messes up their brain development and, and whatnot with anxiety and because of social media and all that stuff. And I'm pretty sure it's valid. I'm sure there's some truth to it. Um, but also though, where, where does the, the onus goes back to the parents, you know? Yep. And that's well, and, and I kind of you know that's why I believe parenting's gotten a little a little lazy. Uh, I'm gonna I want I want to play this for you now. I'm just gonna play you a clip from this. Uh, this is that the 15 year old girl. She's 15. Okay, so keep that in mind. Um, she is uh, on the Dr. Phil show. She wrote in to the Dr. Phil show because her mom lowered her allowance to a thousand dollars a month. So. <laughs> yeah that's why just yeah apparently her allowance was much more than that and now and now her 16th birthday is coming up and she's asking for a two hundred and thirty thousand dollar uh mercedes g wagon so just 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 take a listen to this you wrote in to me tell me what you wanted me to get straight with your mom i want my mom to understand that i can't live off of a thousand dollars a month and i grew up on a certain lifestyle she can't just take that away from me immediately if someone took her lifestyle away from her, she wouldn't like that. And I grew up on it. It's all I ever know. I can't deal with this. And so I came to you for help. Okay. So you want me to get her to do what? What would be the home run for you? I need her to understand that I need at least $2,500 a month. She's not, she works all the time. She doesn't do anything for me. She doesn't drive me anywhere. And so other people would have their moms like drive them places, buy them food, make them food, but I have to do everything myself and I need the funds for that. All right. I'm going to stop it right there. What, what do you think of that? So what do you, what do you think of that? Okay. I'm going to begin. <laughs> um, first and foremost, first and foremost, shame on the mother. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. You know, what, what child that is still in grade school Needs a salary of a thousand dollars a month. She said that it used to be more, and she needed at least twenty five hundred. There are hardworking, grown ass folks in America with family that don't even get that. Okay, and this sixteen year old or fifteen year old child is asking for a thousand to twenty five hundred a month are you out of your mind there's people with phds who don't earn that money a month so again shame on 
the mother. I didn't. I didn't see. I don't know if the father was in that clip, but but if he is in no, the picture, the, the but father is not. The father is not in the picture. It doesn't look like. Okay. Well, we'll still shame on the mother. Okay. And now, yeah. So shame on the mother for allowing that to happen and allowing this. I don't know. It's just. It's, it's just wrong. See, that's. On the, see, on the, that's this is I, I kind of picked this clip because it kind of it kind of works to my argument that I had before about being raised in an environment like this, because while we can sit here and say that th- this 15 year old girl has no struggles in the world and she doesn't, you know, it, uh, to the physical realm of things, she's now in a home situation where the only type of attachment she has to her mom is money. And that's it. True, but. Also, though, the child as well, you know, needs some real therapy. And I don't know if maybe going on Dr. Phil is real therapy, but there was something she said in her statement that that triggers something. She said that I grew up around this. So this is she was justifying the reason of her salary and was saying she was self-aware. She was very self-aware, very self-aware, which means Oh, you're maturing. You're a young, maturing adult. You know better, as well. So that's why there's plenty of blame to go around but to she, both the mom and the child. She doesn't know better, though, Stephen. She doesn't know any. When she doesn't know anything different, how can she would she would crash and burn in the real world? Like so, I, I like it's definitely just falls on the parent. I mean, and maybe la- maybe later than fifteen, I think maybe she could be to blame for it at fifteen years old. No, I don't know. Not, not not to blame, but some responsibility as well. You know, uh, listen, the, the the parent, the mom gets you know eighty percent of it. Believe that. You know, mm-hmm. but but the, the child is 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 that self aware to know w- what she her environment is to know what she's getting compared to her peers. She knows. So meaning that if she knows, then I feel like there's some room for some changes to be made that aren't being made. If you I mean, have a it, child, it, go ahead. It's the, it's the it's Well, it's the same. It's the same argument that people use for like, uh, this is a morbid example, but like that XXX tentacion guy, right? People always try to make the claim like, oh, he had time to turn his life around. Like, yeah, but he he still died a pretty bad person. You know what I mean? It it, it I mean, he, he might have changed some people's lives with his music. I'm not a fan of his music. I don't even really listen to it, though. So it's not really my opinion to make. But, you know, if this girl, you know, if this girl was to have something happen to her or whatever else, like she I don't I truly don't believe that this girl has had the opportunity to learn better from this yet. So that's so. There's still room for change, then. There's still room for change. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say in the case of this girl, there's definitely room for change for it. But I don't think it's to put all the blame on her, really. Or I, even I, to, I wasn't I wasn't putting all the blame on her, but I feel like, you know. Listen, she's 15, man. Okay, and she's still a I child. Mean, I know she, yeah, but but come on, dude. She's she's not an idiot, you know, and. You know, I was I know, 15 and, people, and I didn't know everything, but I also wasn't a fool. I knew when I was taking advantage. I, that, at some point, I knew when I was taking advantage of my mom or when I was asked for things that I knew I shouldn't have asked for. You know, you know better, you know, 
Um, okay, you're right. You're right. I'll I'll, sus- I'll secede to that because that is that is true. You, so she so she's self aware and knows she's being manipulative. Okay, it, 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 to to a to a degree, well, de- to a degree, she is aware of her manipulative tactic. Absolutely. Um, so now, what 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 do what do we do from here? Uh, is kind of what I'm saying because that's that's definitely spoiling that and that's spoiling and definitely not providing. You know what I mean? So, I, I think. Um, what that does the is, mother do? I, that's a good question because what the mother has done is she has raised her child through money. Every little thing she just throws money at it so her child can be quiet. I think. So she can appease her daughter. She just throws money at the situation. So she's parenting through her cash flow and not actually instilling any type of real values. Um, and it's going to be very difficult for her to cut back on that allowance and then try to instill values. You know, it's one thing if. But why mother- are we letting a 15 year old girl run around with that type of money? I mean, I'm sure it's on a, a card. It's, I'm sure it's not cash. That is that is something you ask the, the mom. That is a question you need to ask the mom. Again, it goes back. Like I said, the, the child got the 20% for being self-aware. Okay? Right. But but, but this, this other 80% is ginormous. And, you know, I don't know where the mom begins because you've kind of created – I don't want to call the child, this, this 15-year-old person, a monster. But you've kind of created this monster now. You know, instead of like instead of instilling values and making sure that your child is hardworking and whatever, whatever, and then giving them allowance, it's like you give them allowance and then they got all this money. But then now you're trying to, you know, oh, you need to be a better person. You need to show more respect and appreciate like that's that's it's building a pyramid, you know, from the top down. And she uh, she doesn't go to public school, so she doesn't take part in any of the public school system. She does an online public school or an online like private school for I guess the, I didn't I didn't know that that was a thing. Apparently that's a thing where you can take grade school online. Um, and so I guess that's what this mom allows her daughter to do. She doesn't go to public school either. Yeah, um, which means that probably this child has more free time on her hands than your average teenager and more access to money as well. You know, I. I true. I think if if the mom has money like that and she's her own businesswoman and she's very busy and always on the go, I can understand how it can be difficult to raise a child as a single parent, and then wanting to throw money to make sure that your child doesn't go without. Um, and maybe, and maybe to your point that maybe that this girl, you know, feels a connection from her mom through money. I guess, you know. She says she did you know, say that this is all she knows. Right. So all she knows is money, not your mom. She doesn't know. It, that's, it's true. It's all she does know is money. And there's, and there's something to be, there's something to be said about not only just the money really, but I mean, um, on the parent side, you know, is, is the mom, because I've, I've read a few things about how when families come into money, they usually end up spoiling or whatever and it's usually out of guilt uh that the parents are usually guilty for something or a situation that they may have had to, they put their kid through at some point and, and this can happen on all sorts of forms i mean a lot of um a lot of childhood obesity is linked to that too you know parents don't want to tell their kids no when it's like their favorite food or something or 
you know, the little thing that they can do to make their kid content. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and it's like you said, you know, it's throwing money at the problem the entire time as opposed to having the involvement. But I, I could see where it's also hard to be a parent as a single mom, especially with a very clearly a high profile job. If you've got a budget to allow it to give your child a $2,500 a month allowance. Right. I, I can't imagine what kind of time it takes and dedication it takes to run whatever business um, that she is running, um, you know, and to still be a parent. You know, I'm not saying it's impossible because it can be done, but um, it's it's no easy task, though, for sure. Uh, I don't I don't know how um, <laughs> I don't I don't really they say that the children are the future. But I mean, some of them, just like the last generation, uh, weren't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm sure people were saying that about our parents in the, you know, <laughs> back yeah, exactly. in the day, you know, and they, here they are leading the free world, you know, so, you yeah, know, you, you just, wow. you know, it, I, I don't know, everybody has their own methods, every generation has their own methods, um, and feel what they think is appropriate to raise a family, but at the end of the day, I think the core principles are, you know, can be translatable or transcendent, whatever, across the board. You know, I think that, you know, two parents involved getting their child um, on the straight and narrow, instilling core values, you know what I'm saying? Like those things, those are just principles. You know, we didn't get into the whole, you know, being spoiled in, in childhood obesity and all that stuff. I just feel like just the core principles if they're instilled from the get-go early on can kind of remedy some of that, you know, can kind of, you won't get into the spoilness. You won't get into the childhood obesity, even though child, some child, some and childhood obesity can be genetics. And I get that. Right. Yeah. There's an exception for, for those families. So I, I understand that too, you know, but for the ones, for the families who, whose children um, are just eating whatever and are just, you know, they're throwing, they're throwing food at their, instead of money, it's food that they throw at their kids. You know, you let them eat what they want so they can be quiet and you can get your sleep, you know. Um, yes. But I liked what you uh, but I liked what you said about uh, just then, though, about uh, it does all these all these problems that we're discussing and, you know, didn't even go into that depth about just kind of scratch the surface of like childhood obesity and all that other stuff. And, you know, that those problems are much more mitigated through a supportive and you know supportive family system at the home um an involved one too you know and there, there's obviously extremes or you're too strict too hard too disciplinary and then there's too, you know it's a and then there's the opposite side of you know hands free and no rules at all i think it's all about finding that balance and then you know as as future parents ourselves or people that plan to have kids you gotta you gotta try to really look introspectively at the uh at the experiences you had as a kid. And while some experiences may be painful, you know, you got to, I think you got to try to take what you did learn from that uh, and apply it to your, uh, your own children. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, taking those prior experiences, good or bad. And then as you are a grown adult, you know, use that, use those experiences to better have to, to have a better family for yourself. Not to say that your previous family was bad or if it wasn't, you know? Um, but yeah, just, you know, take those principles and take those life lessons you've learned, you know, and 
put yourself in a child's shoe when you were a kid growing up, you know, because we were all children, you know, so that's all I got to say on that. All right, man. Well, uh, dang. Wow. 55 minutes. We are, uh, we, we actually went for a pretty long time. We got to everything too. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, Steven, thank you again for being, uh, for being here. I'm glad to be a guest. No, I mean, guest is a loose term already. <laughs> so you're first, like <laughs> already, already, uh, already second showing. There's only, there's only been four. It's not bad. Not a bad record. Good point. Um, thank you for listening, everybody, to the Changing Man. Talking about family, faith, the house, Whew, all of that, especially, especially the disciplinary methods. Oh man, that got that got pretty deep there for a second, Stephen. That was good. Um, if you'd like to follow the show, you can follow us on all major uh, following platforms: Stitcher, Breaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just got on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a voice message on our anchor page, anchor.fm slash the changing man. Again, that's anchor.fm slash the changing man. Leave us a voice message with any questions you have that you want to have answered on the show. Follow me on Instagram at E-M-B-R-E-Y-D fit, Embry D fit. Send me a message on there. We can definitely get any topics discussed on the show. Hope to see you guys soon. And, uh, oh yeah. Thank you, Steven. Thank you. Uh, Stephen reminded me we got to make we have a SoundCloud as well, so it's SoundCloud.com/slash/TheChangingMan. Uploading all our shows onto there for all the mobile users that may not have Apple Podcasts or the other means. All right, guys, uh, hope to see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Um, have a great morning, afternoon, and evening.